All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Mavs Film Room Podcast. We're recording this on Sunday, March 26th, 2023 at 10.35 p.m. Central Time. It is a dark day in Dallas, and to be a Mavs fan, we're recording this just 48 hours after the Mavericks suffered back-to-back losses to the Charlotte Hornets, who are the worst team record-wise, in the NBA. Although, after these two games, it can be argued that that title belongs to the Mavericks. Just, there is no words to describe how down I think everybody is feeling right now after these two games. Um, Things were already looking down. I mean, we did a spaces after Wednesday's disheartening loss to the Warriors, uh, but that was a close game. The Mavericks pretty much fought all the way down to the end of the game. Um, And these Hornets games look like a chance for the Mavericks to at least get some wins when they've been struggling to do so over the last month or so. But, you know, you lose to Charlotte at home on Friday. You know, really, they were getting their ass kicked for a lot of that game. Uh, and then tonight, or this afternoon, same story. The Mavericks went down again by 18 points at one point. You know, they rallied their way back, uh, took leads briefly um, in, you know, the second half, but just weren't able to complete the job. And... You know, I the Mavericks have now fallen to 36 and 39 on the season. Uh, they're now the 10th worst team in the NBA. And so they do have top 10 lottery odds. And with seven games remaining in this season, um, things are just not good at all. Luka picked up his second or 16th technical foul of the season in this game. So he's going to miss tomorrow night's game uh, against the Indiana Pacers due to a league mandated suspension. Uh, it's 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 just very very bad right now. So seven games remain. Uh, it almost seems like the best course of action is to lose as many of those games as possible. Keep your pick uh, because you know there's still obviously a chance for the Mavericks to get back into the playing range. They're 11th in the in the West right now. Um, but realistically speaking, like where does that get this team uh, beyond losing in the play-in and giving the Knicks you know a lottery pick or making the playoffs and really getting getting the shit beat out of them because i mean after these last few games i mean there's literally nothing that i think they've shown that that tells us that they can compete in the playoffs it's a really bad place to be in but we're here nonetheless and i'm joined by rohan fazel and vinay i i would ask how you guys are doing but i think i know the answer already um i will say that was uh, a great all-time intro uh couldn't have done it better myself but also i was having some audio issues through it i think you came across fine but it just some oddities occurred and i think it's very representative of how the season in general has gone for the dallas mavericks so i'm doing well otherwise how are y'all <laughs> that's, good, that's good um i mean it's ramadan so i guess unlike usual i'm not i'm not gonna be swearing on this episode or at least i'll try not to but it's hard not to when you've got the Mavericks doing what they do best, which is disappointing me. Um, I don't know what to say, really. Like, I didn't expect either of these. Lo- I'm pretty optimistic, I think, by nature. I didn't expect either of these losses because, I mean, we have Luke and Kyrie both playing, and that that should be enough when you when your best player on the opposing side is, what, Gordon Hayward. So I'm not... <laughs> It was, I, I got to say, though, after night one, I kind of expected uh, this afternoon's loss to happen. 
but it didn't make it any less disappointing. Um, what is there to say though? That I mean, I don't think we should make the playoffs at this point. Um, and that's about it because I don't see what the positive value of making the playoffs is because we are absolutely going to get either demolished in the play-in, which I think is likely, or you know, demolished in the first round, which um, yeah, that, that's a foregone conclusion too because who are going to face like what um, Denver or uh, Memphis or perhaps um, Sacramento. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, it, it's bad. Uh, Jay said it pretty well. Uh, okay. But other than that, I've been doing all right, actually. I just can't believe that we're here in March and we're exchanging texts about draft prospects. Um, I know winning games is important, or before tonight, today was it was important, but the fact that you have Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving and you're this miserable of a watch just like as an entertainment product is just, it's impressive almost. Like, <laughs> I just can't believe it's gotten to this point. It is impressive. It's an accomplishment. For all the wrong reasons, because like you said, I mean, Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving are two of the most talented players in the league. Um, and to have a team that literally cannot stop anyone, can't beat anyone, including the worst team in the league, is a major, major, major problem. Um, obviously, Luka well, and Kyrie are, are... Let's put it cleanly, Jay. They can lose to any team in the league. That's the best way of saying it. They can literally lose yeah, no, yeah. every team in the league. I, I can't imagine them winning a game right now. Like It's just such a far-fetched scenario to even imagine them winning a game because whatever few wins that they've mustered up over the last month or so have been by the skin of their teeth against you know not great competition. When was the last quality win that they had? I mean, I guess the Lakers win with Max hitting that buzzer beater kind of counts. Um but that's it, right? And the Lakers didn't have LeBron in that game, so obviously the Mavs were helped out a little bit. Mavs didn't have Luka, but regardless, like even though you know Kyrie and Luka have been dealing with injuries um, over this last stretch of games, Luka has also been dealing with personal issues, as he's alluded to, uh, or didn't allude to, like said outright after Friday's loss that he's been dealing with stuff in his private life uh, that's kind of taken the joy out of the season for him. Uh, but even then, the Mavs have suffered some pretty inexcusable losses in the last month um, or month and a half, really. Like, we all think back to that game right after the tr Mavs traded for Kyrie Irving against Utah with uh, Jaden Hardy and Josh Green leading the way. And then you had Kyrie join the team for the next game against the Clippers. And the Mavs also put forth another great effort against the Clippers. And it looked like, man, once we get Luka back, we'll really get rolling. But it's been the complete opposite since then. And today actually marks the, the one-month uh, you know, anniversary, if you will, of the Mavericks blowing that 27-point lead against the Lakers uh, on a Sunday afternoon game. And it just feels like that the team has not been the same since then. Uh, they haven't mentally recovered, and I think it's really just uh, created a sense of defeatism uh, with the team. They just don't look like they're ready to play any of these games and they, they just look defeated and resigned to their fate. So it is kind of sad to see, um, especially with the types of talent that the Mavs do have on their roster. It's impressive that my hometown team has two of my favorite players in the league on them right now. Uh, and I am beyond checked out. Like I, I did not watch the Hornets game today. I watched the last one. I did not want to subject myself to that again. 
Um, I slept in. I had a great time. Um, yeah, but this team, I used to say it was coaching. I think I've said that for a lot of the season. But I don't know. I feel like some of it is also just on the players. It's ev- like, it's everything. It's 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 everything yeah, it and like everyone. Attitude problems on defense. Like why aren't people committing to that extra rotation? Like I just feel like there's a lot of issues that are now glaring since Dorian is gone. Uh, not to say that he is the whole reason for anything, but it makes me remember him. Uh, and, and it gives me a better idea of what his role on the team and on the floor actually was seeing his absence. Like, why are we talking about the lottery? We, we have Luca Doncic. Yeah, I, who, basketball team. after, you know, after last year's Western Conference finals run, like, this is like an unimaginable scenario to be here. Like, unimaginable is the only word to describe it. Does not feel real. Someone tweeted out today, one of y'all. No, that's all. That's all. I just want a big that can play today, right? Like a big that can play in the 2020s, right? Not, Not the 2000, the late 2000s or like the early 2010s. No, give me a big that can play in this league and defend in this league and shoot in this league. That's all I want. Yeah, like I think... I think after they made the Western Conference Finals, like it's natural to maybe expect a little bit of regression performance-wise, especially on defense. Like they were not seventh best defensive team in basketball last year, just personnel-wise. So I expected a little bit of regression there. But to see like how Maxi moves on defense, how Reggie Bullock moves on defense, like I think that's like a, like the older players just are regressing, and you see it like around the league when you kind of reach a certain age, I guess that you're supposed to that you fall off a little bit. And now we're seeing it with this team. With even when Dorian was here, he wasn't necessarily like how how good he was last year. Like we, it's time for us to get a little bit younger. Unfortunately, that's the path we have to take. We're not a contender this year, clearly. Not even a playoff contender at this point. So, not even a playoff team at this point. Not even a play in team at this point. So. <laughs> Yeah, it is rock I bottom. Mean, rock bottom. Definitely rock bottom. And like Rohan was saying, like I don't I, I kept saying on the spaces, like I don't Jason Kidd is an easy scapegoat. He deserves his criticism. Like I think he's done a piss poor job of coaching this year. But I mean this team has personnel issues. Um I've said before that Nico Harrison has dodged some criticism for how the roster is constructed. It goes back to the Donnie Nelson days, but still, like we've needed a big for multiple years. This isn't a one year thing. Like I'm not saying the big like a traditional defensive anchor big fixes everything on this team because they still need wings and all that stuff. But like it would solve a lot of issues because like every game we get out rebounded, it seems like. And we saw last year in the Western Conference Finals that Kavon Looney just was Dennis Rodman against us and we didn't address it. We didn't fix it. I mean, I, sorry, Falls, if you had something to say, but I do have to say this. Like this is just years of misfires um, and trying to cut corners, uh, catching up with the Mavericks. And it's all bottoming it out at the same time, right? Like last year's team very clearly overachieved, but um, it still wasn't, you know, something that you could ever imagine being as bad as it is now. But what we see now is just like, you know, the moves on the margins that the Mavericks didn't hit on, uh, you know, the, the moves like losing Jalen Brunson for nothing and not even making an attempt to replace him, that has come back to hurt them big time because a large reason for why Luca is dealing with these nagging injuries now uh, is just because of the load that he's had to carry this entire season. And now it's just at an un- unbearable point. 
Um, this was always going to be what happened. So it's every, you know, it's, it's all their mistakes coming to collect right now. And this offseason has got to be as drastic of a shift as you can possibly make because it's coaching, it's management, it's players, it's everything. Yeah, uh, I, I think the succinct way to put it is this offseason, people's like legacies in Dallas shouldn't keep them in a job that they can't earn. You know, it, it, it's just I love Dwight Powell. Uh, I want Dwight Powell on this basketball team when we win our next championship. But do I want him to be the starting center for the Dallas Mavericks? Uh, no, I do not. I, I do not think that most uh, well-meaning fans do either. Um I don't want I I think that Jason Kidd shouldn't be the coach of this team if we want it if we want this team to get to where it needs to get to. But I mean not everything falls onto him. Um at the end of the day a little bit of this can be fixed just by asking guys to do less and adding personnel where you can. Um but there is the opposite point where Jason Kidd has refused to play I don't know, reasonable rotations throughout the season to the point where do you really want to go through another season with these issues from your head coach? And the issues are horrible. They're glaring. If they're not, like, game-breaking for your team, the things he says in press conferences are. Like, sometimes it's not even really his fault entirely. He will just say the wrong thing. Um and I don't know. I feel like that's a big part of what your head coach should be doing. I don't know. I disagree a little bit with that because, like, I think what I think some coaches try to like emphasize certain things through the media that they tell their team. But I feel like in the case of Kid, like, you know, he just treats media sessions kind of like it, like a throwaway. Um, not to say that what he's telling the team is necessarily working, but I just think that I try not to read too much into his press conference comments. Fair enough. I mean, it really just just uh, involves media, I guess. But there are some cases in which your head coach just has to know as a leader in front of media that you, you can't be sensitive about this in that way. Like, true, you true. are the first line of somebody who can't be overly sensitive about this. Um, I do want to pivot, though, because, Jay, you touched on um, the load Lucas had to bear. Um, and, Vinny, I don't want to railroad you because I know that you wanted to get into this conversation. Um, I feel like the discourse about him has taken a hit because of a lot of these other nagging issues. I hate seeing casual NBA fans being like, oh, he's fat, he can't stay in shape, he can't defend anybody, that's why they're losing games, it's all Luka's fault. Nah, <laughs> this is... I, I was kind of saying that before the thigh injury was confirmed, I think two weeks ago or whatever. Uh, three weeks ago now, maybe. Um, but since then, I mean, maybe his rotations have been lacking, but you shouldn't be depending on Luka Doncic to be your second best defender on the court to win basketball games that you're trailing by one basket. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, everything down to like Jason Kidd being a piss poor coach, um, that I think he could be like an elite assistant coach and he's not suited for a head coaching role, but what can you do at this point? Um, Luca himself, like he, 
It's tough to say. Like, I think at this point, the criticism about his game that people have been, that the casuals have been loving at him are pretty warranted, but I'm not, I don't think it's his fault really. Cause he's still, even today, he's still putting up 40 points to like carry this dumpster fire to even anything close to a respectable result. Cause without him, um, this roster without him and I mean, pre-trade, you know, don't even do the Kyrie trade um, that, that, that roster is winning like 10 games a season and they're getting blown out and all those losses. So I don't think that, yeah, again, Luca is like hardly the least of the most of our issues. Cause he's without him, we wouldn't even be here. Right. Like we would be trying to get Victor. So, I mean, I'm not. We're still trying yeah, to get Victor Fossil. <laughs> like we're like, yeah, have course. you seen Mavs Twitter today? We're still trying to get Victor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, yeah, there are things Luca could be doing better. His defense since coming back from the injury has been atrocious. There's no other way to put it. I don't like watching him play defense, and that's a stark contrast. Even when he was like out of shape in past seasons, um, but that's like. You know, that's par for the course with the rest of the team. Christian Wood isn't putting in that same focus, and Dwight Powell is cooked. Maxie's thigh is missing. So, like, you know, we don't have any suitable big men at all. Um, Reggie is old, too old to, like, be playing the minutes he does, probably, and yet, you know, he's here. The one thing that I will say is that gives me some measure of hope that, I don't know, maybe things aren't going to be this business as usual is that um in past years even last year like we got extensions done with the players who we wanted to keep like the good old boys from 2016 uh dorian and maxi got extensions and they were playing you know if we saw dorian and maxi today like those extensions look kind of bad but they're not like totally team killing um and they were playing like they deserved it but you know who didn't get an extension not even this season is dwight powell so his contract is expiring i think that's the first time in a long ass time that he's uh you know been allowed to like this is probably the, the first time he's been an unrestricted free agent sorry to cut you off but that's a good point like 2016 he was a restricted free agent the mavericks uh signed him to a four-year 36 million dollar contract and then in 2019 he was offered a three-year extension, which is the contract that he's currently on right now. So he's never hit unrestricted free agency in his entire career, actually. Yeah, yeah. Dwight um, has been with the Mavericks for almost a decade, which feels incredible to say, and I don't mean that in a good way. Um, I don't know what to do with that, that piece of information, but it looks like his days here might be numbered, so... I mean, hey, if Dwight Powell is no longer a Maverick, then I guess a lot of things can happen. So I, I we got to wait and see what happens in the offseason. It probably is a make-or-break offseason for like this franchise's long-term future, which should never is something that should never actually be said um, this early in Lucas' tenure here. So I, I, I feel terrible saying that, especially with how accurate it is, but... I guess them's the breaks. We're going to see what, um, you know, Nico and Mark and all do when they're finally backed into a corner. Yeah, I think uh, the Kyrie trade was something that indicated to me that uh, they knew that big changes were needed. And obviously it's not worked out the way that they've hoped. But I don't think that it's an indictment on the move itself. That's another thing that's been bothering me. I might just go on like a five-minute rant here. So pardon me. 
Uh, two things I want to address. Obviously, one is the amount of disrespect that Luca is receiving right now. I'll I'll be the first to admit it. Like he deserves a lot of the criticism being levied against him for how he's played basically since mid February. Um, ever since he injured his heel against the Pelicans uh, in early February when he was trying to dunk over Jonas Valanciunas, he has not been the same since then. Uh, his effort has lacked on defense, especially. Uh, it feels like every corner three that the Mavericks give up is his fault. Um, but that being said, I feel like Luka gets judged by his worst moments, and then those are compared to other stars' best moments, right? And that's just not fair. Like, people use this season as an argument that Luka's not a winning player. Like, you can't build a winning team against Luka as if the Mavericks haven't been a playoff team for, you know, the last three seasons, as if they didn't go to the Western Conference Finals last season uh, on the back of Luka having a very dominant playoff run. Uh, So it's just like, I mean, this is just the way that NBA Twitter works and, you know, how media these days works. So it's, you know, you can't really get too worked up about it, but it's still annoying, especially to hear it from, you know, your friends and things like that. Ones that, you know, are just trying to rile you up. Like it's yeah. just, uh, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, right? That Luca is judged on his worst moments and gets little to no credit for his great moments, which are, you know, not few and far between. Like he has had a great career thus far and look like we've been spoiled by you know we've been spoiled with Dirk right Dirk in his prime never had a season this bad right like it was a he was walking 50 wins every single year that's rare like besides Dirk Tim Duncan and and LeBron most stars have gotten you know have gone through at least like one you know regression season in their career like Kobe missed the playoffs I think in 2005 right um Dwayne Wade you know, was was injured in 2007 after winning the finals. Like, they won 15 games after that. Uh, so it's just like, this is unfortunately part of it. And yeah, we would have we wished that the Mavericks didn't have this kind of season, but to pin it all on Luka is dumb. It's wrong. It's inaccurate. And that's all I got to say on that. The other thing is with the Kyrie trade, people are acting like the Mavericks were some sort of force of nature before the trade was made. Like, they were very much in the same position before that. They were like two or three games over 500, nothing special. The trade for Kyrie was supposed to give you another all-star to boost uh, boost you into that contender territory. It's obviously not gone that way for all the reasons we just talked about. Um, but that trade was as much about the future as it is the present, right? Like you make that trade for the next three years, at least, right? The next three years where you yeah. know you can get prime years from Kyrie. So it's like, you know, you can't judge the Mavericks or you can't judge that trade purely on the results this season. Like, you know, if they lose Kyrie for nothing, then sure. But if you bring him back and you build a more competent team around Luka and Kyrie, I think that's what that's really all about. So, uh, yeah, that, those are the two things I got to say um, on that. Let me quickly add uh, just on the Luka and Kyrie hate in general. Uh, the Kyrie hate is multifaceted. I don't want to waste time on our podcast talking about it. The Luka hate... People are going to do this. Like the, People love to see a successful person or a person who is good at something fail. They love to see a person fail. Everybody wants to punch up. Okay. Um, that being said, I think the criticism of defense, sure. Um, clearly, he's not been 100% healthy. But I hate that people 
are still calling him like fat and shit like that uh, aside from like Mavs fans who use it as a joke like people in casual NBA discussions who were like oh he's still out of shape he eats too much do, of this do you guys remember shit. how good he, he came looked into at the this season. season yeah like he was so in such good shape and he really has been run down by injuries and just being asked to do so much in the beginning of the season when things were going exactly this badly. And I think people are just using the Kyrie Irving hate to like co-opt the Mavs failures uh, and bash on Kyrie a little bit. But I-, I think the fandom in general and Mavs media aside from a couple of suspect, you know, uh, little moves for clicks here and there have been pretty good to him. Um, I don't think anything has been super unreasonable yet, um, but it's going to happen. Like that is that is that game. Um, I think Kyrie's sounded great in interviews. I think everybody sounds like they have the right attitudes. Just need just need some dogs, man. I know. I know. On the court, losing PJ Washington just being a superstar against you for three years. What, what's going on? Do you not take this personally? Like that? I don't know. I, it's just like the the thing is like a lot of this core has been together for a long time and that oftentimes can be a good thing in the case right now it's not and we've talked about it like a lot like over spaces and things like that that you know the mental makeup of this team is not the strongest and that's got to be a priority as much as the talent is you know this offseason like we got to get some more guys that um are stronger mentally i think and i'm not trying to knock our current players uh or disrespect them in any way but this is just the fact that uh, and we talked about this, right? Like they look up to Luca, and when Luca's not necessarily at a hundred percent in games or not fully dialed in, like it spills over to them. And I know that's natural for any supporting cast, but we need some players that really do take it personally, like you said, and take it upon themselves to actually show some urgency and go out and, and win the game. Um, because you know, Luca, look, like he's got some development to do as a leader. He's not there yet. Um, and so, like, that's going to be something the Mavericks are going to have to build or consider when they build their team, right? So that, that's what I got on that. Yeah, to piggyback on the whole discussion about Luka and Kyrie, like, the NBA discussion is just horrible in general on all players. Like, we see what's going on with Jokic this year and, like, the whole ring culture thing. Like, especially if you're a player as good as Luka and you're not going to make the play and, like, stuff's going to be said. It is what it is. For everyone that's saying that, keep the same energy in the future about Luca and all that. Just that's all I have to say on that. Uh, what Rohan said about Kyrie was spot on. Like he's been brilliant in interviews. All the players have talked glowingly about him. Uh, even like Shams and Tim McMahon have, through their sources, have talked about how Kyrie's like preparation has been comparable to Dirk and how he's been like the consummate professional. Um, I hope he stays here for. I mean, I'll do the max right now if he wants to do the max. I want him here for the long haul. Like, the reason the Mavericks are three and eight with Luca and Kyrie is not because of Luca and Kyrie. Like, it's an overall thing with the roster construction, defense. Like, they definitely need to bring in some players that fit better with those two guys. And I think Nico will do it with the sense of urgency that we have coming up. Hopefully, they have the top ten pick if that's the route that they decide to go in with either taking a young player in the draft or trading that pick for a more established veteran. Whatever they choose to do with it, hopefully. The lottery balls fall that way to where we at least keep a top 10 pick, but I'm not worried about Luka and Kyrie long-term. I think Luka can be in better shape, but like you guys have mentioned it, like at the beginning of the season, he was in good shape. I don't think it was bubble shape. I don't know if we'll get bubble shape soon. Hopefully we do, but 
I don't know how realistic it is with the amount of basketball he plays in the summer and, you know, the off time that he takes. And rightfully so. I mean, it's a lot of basketball. You should take some off time after such basketball. So, I mean, that's my one criticism of Luca. I guess, is kind of his conditioning and, like, lack of awareness on defense. Like, even today, like, the first play of the game was a P.J. Washington three on an inbounds play on Luca's guy. I swear that we give up the most threes to start a game than any other team. It feels like every game, the opponent's first made shot is a three-pointer. Like, we could go down the last few games, and I'm pretty sure almost all of them have opened with a three for the opponent, but that's neither here nor there. And like the Mavericks knew that Dwight Powell wasn't their answer to the center position before the season started. Like if you guys recall the very first game of the season against Phoenix, which guess what? We blew a lead in that game too. Dwight Powell was a DNP coach's decision. Like the Mavericks like planned for him not to be like a big factor in this rotation. Here we are in March and he's once again the starting center. Like even the Mavericks understand that he's not supposed to be the starting center, but it's just kind of. I don't think he should start now, but I mean, Christian Wood is not this like Chris Bosh 2.0 prototype that some people on Mavericks Twitter <laughs> think he is. Like, he's just not. And I and I'd heard either of that. I'd heard last year too that the Mavericks didn't view Dwight Powell and Maxi Cleva as like long term uh, solutions in the front court. Yet here we are. I mean, I think both those guys have things that they can contribute to, but they're being dependent on way too much right now, and it feels like for like the. <laughs> seventh or eighth straight off season, like getting a real center is like priority number one among of all the other ones that that we have yeah and we haven't even brought up his name yet on this podcast but josh green since the trade he had a couple of good weeks but point blank he's been a massive disappointment last couple of games like i don't know what his stat line was today but he had zero points for a majority of the game the other night like i don't think he replaced dorian in the defensive role i don't think he's replaced third player best player like he should be the third best player on this team with what our roster is and what his skill set is and like what his talent level is and he just hasn't he just hasn't played consistently well enough consistently to like warrant that and Jaden Hardy has been a bright spot this year like the Mavericks lost two second round picks with Jaden Hardy and Jalen Brunson they hit grand slam with Jalen Brunson a home run with Jaden Hardy like they draft well I guess in certain spots but I don't know I mean, Jaden's already better than Jalen, so I don't know what you're talking about. We said this in Summer League. <laughs> I mean, you said I didn't this say in it. Summer League. <laughs> um, two different basketball players, don't, they, they try to pit goats against each other. You know what they say. Right? <laughs> they uh, act like <laughs> two can't coexist. What's the line? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the J. Cole line. Yeah. <laughs> like, if the Mavericks don't keep the... Knicks pick that they owe this year. I, I don't know exactly what their ways of adding talent, assuming Kyrie stays. Like, it's tough. Yeah. Like, I want to, like, I want to, I have belief that Nico will have a sense of urgency to build this year, but I don't know. Like, if Kyrie comes back, you're not getting necessarily that max cap slot anymore. And the centers, as is in the free agency market, are kind of bare. Uh, besides Brooke Lopez, who's not leaving Milwaukee, he's going to stay in Milwaukee. So, like, I don't know exactly what the path is to to adding in the front court because they desperately need to add in the front court, not just a center, but they honestly need a four. Like, go ahead. Best case scenario, I mean, I hate to say it, lose out, boost yourself in the lottery odds, get that pick, trade it with I don't know some some expiring contract. Just try to get yourself a piece. Uh, I feel like you could do that. You could you could swing something with it, or you could draft somebody that would be good for a number of years. I think 
that's it sucks to say this, but like weirdly, the Mavs have put themselves in a position to where they actually just should tank. Like they just at this point yeah. in the season, they should just lose out. Um, that I think all of us are in agreement with that. That's the sad part. Like that's where we yeah. are in the season. Like it's not even April yet, and we kind of are all in agreement. I think falls is in agreement that they should all lose. They should lose out the rest of their games. Get hopefully you're in the top 10 if you finish 11th your chances of keeping a top 10 pick are a lot lower than if you finish 10th right now they're 10th so yeah it goes up from there in the lottery standings and they keep that pick because like need ways to add talent and i'm not a huge fan of drafting like outside the top whatever i mean you have you have to draft to build a team i'm not saying that but like your miss rates like in the nba draft like even the 10th pick are pretty pretty high yeah, I mean, we'll, we're going to have a lot of time to really talk about what the Mavericks need to do and who they can target to improve. But I think, yeah, to, to close this episode, it's probably good to focus on the lottery odds at this point um, because I don't think the Mavericks will actively try to tank. Um, but as we've seen, that it's, it's happening organically. And maybe, you know, if they lose tomorrow, it might, the reality of it might hit them that, you know, there is no saving this season. You go four games under 500 with six games remaining. Like you literally got to win every single game. And we know that they're not capable of doing that. So that being said, the Mavericks, you know, are now 10th in the lottery odds. They were helped out today by Chicago beating the Lakers. Uh, the Mavericks are now a game ahead of them in the loss column. And I say ahead, they're really behind in the real standings. But in the inverse standings, they're ahead of Chicago. So they're the 10th worst team in the league. Uh, they're just half a game behind Utah for the ninth best odds, and then uh, the you know three games behind Indiana and Washington for the seventh and eighth best odds. So tomorrow's game against the Pacers actually has huge lottery implications because if the Mavericks do manage to win that game, they get that much closer <laughs> to to better lottery odds. I mean, I hate that we're even talking about this, but um, I think that's just a reality that we need to all start keeping track of because um you know the Mavericks do have a shot at making the play in as like the 11th seed or the 10th seed but i mean really if it's a one game situation and you need to win one game to get in the playoffs like i have no trust that this team can get it done so uh i think i would rather you try to get this top 10 pick and either you know pick someone or trade the pick uh you know you pick you pick a young player. It's like the, we know the Mavericks need to get younger, so it's not the worst thing in the world. Like I don't think they're going to get anyone at ten that's changing their uh, reality drastically next season. But again, like this is an asset game too, and having a young player uh, is means something. Or if you do give the picks up to pick up to the Knicks, then you you have like a couple other first round picks that you can trade. Um, so that's probably. Uh, the best avenue for the Mavericks to improve this offseason because, yeah, I mean, they don't have cap space uh, unless, I guess, Kyrie leaves and they could renounce him. But, again, that we will have a lot of time to talk about that. Please don't. I, I think it could work. I think it could really, like, have upside next season with the right moves. Um, Kyrie's a guy that I want to keep in Dallas for a couple years. Um, yeah, I don't know how much there's more... To say like i i don't want to watch the rest of these games i hope the players basically don't want to play them so that they just lose um yeah i hope everyone ends the season healthy but the mavericks end the season oh and seven yeah at least nobody's dying um <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i don't know just really quickly it's just tough to uh 
project how anything is going to go in the offseason because it's hard to clear up cap space because we do have a lot of significant money, um, you know, apportioned out to people who are difficult to trade away without, you know, attaching a first or something to them. And if you, of course, you know, conveying the first to the next makes that easier, but I don't want to, you know, attach a first, get rid of Davis Burton. So that's, that, that would be short-sighted. Um, I don't see what the, uh, and from there, you know, you, you already have so much money accumulated to Luca and hopefully Kyrie both that I don't know. I don't understand what the course of action is going to be. So from that perspective, keeping the pick makes a lot of sense like to do that and to lose out because we've established they're not going to make any noise in the postseason or, and they probably won't even be there. Um, and I don't know. It's just, it, it's a lost season at this point. So if you can get away with it from this season with a high draft pick, like, yeah, that sucks, but it's, it's something at least I'm definitely not a fan of tanking, but it is something in this specific set of circumstances. And I do, I don't really think that, you know, Kyrie's chances of staying here hinge upon like whether or not we make the playoffs or whatever, like, you know, try to be competitive. Like some people um, are saying, I, and you know, if you look at the um, off season landscape for everybody, every team's finances, um it, there's not a lot of good teams out there that'll have the money available or can make the money available to get Kyrie so from that perspective like the entire reason we traded for him was to have a position of strength for this very moment like you got to trust that Nico will be able to um you know work from that position of strength so um yeah i don't know it, it's again it's very hard to predict things but like i don't think losing out is going to be the worst thing in the world if the Mavericks choose to go that route. I think you said it best. Um, I think uh, I'm optimistic about Kyrie, and I agree with you that this losing streak, does, I don't think will play too much into the Mavericks' chances either way with getting Kyrie. I think a lot of it is based on the money um, and the situation, and the Mavericks do have a good situation with Nico and Kidd and two guys he's familiar with. It seems like Kyrie is comfortable in Dallas and his teammates like him, so that definitely works in our favor. But uh, it's going to be a long offseason, a long, long offseason. I think this is a good place to conclude this episode. Any final thoughts, guys? What jersey number do you think uh, Victor Wembayama will wear next year in Dallas? <laughs> 41. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with either. We can unretire Dirk's jersey just for that. <laughs> Yeah, we're not doing that. We're we're never doing that. I'm not even <laughs> I'm comfortable kidding. joking about it. Nah, because like the Luca fans, the Luca fans don't know, bro. They don't they don't really know why no, why never retired Dirk like, Dirk's jersey. Like Dirk is one yeah. of a kind. Like his game was so efficient that like that 50 game statistic that Jay mentioned in the podcast, like that's because every off season he was just like, I'm just gonna work on my on like my post game. I'm, now he I'm doesn't get enough credit. Drop stepping. Like he doesn't get enough credit for like, being one of the most dominant players of all time. Like pure every dominant. Every year, every season, he he like his offensive game was enough to power the entire team of the Mavericks to fifty wins. Like for a decade, that's insane. It's insane in any league. 
it's insane, especially a league that had Steve Nash as an MVP, uh, that had Carmelo Anthony and LeBron James in their prime at the exact same time, had Dwayne Wade out there. Like, come on, man. Yeah, after those first few years, the Mavericks, or Dirk and the Mavericks, like, literally did not look back at all until after they won the championship. Like, that's how good he was. Those damn Spurs teams. Yeah. Yeah. And our damn front office for doing a poor job of surrounding Dirk as well as Luca, but that's that's another podcast. And that's why Victor Womanyama deserves <laughs> to have the jersey number seventy-seven for the Mavericks. Hey, actually, on that note, <laughs> I'm also thinking if Dwight Powell is not a Maverick next season, I mean, I don't know. I think you need like at least like a year advance notice. But does Luca go back to number seven? That's been on my mind I, pretty much since Luca was drafted. <laughs> that could be pretty fire, honestly. Yeah, just just go back to low numbers for all the Mavs key players. Yeah, would I honestly zero, probably make him look slimmer too. I think seventy-seven does <laughs> accentuate his his girth. <laughs> I mean, that's a left tackle number in football, so I completely yeah. understand what you're saying. Seventy-seven is iconic, but I don't know. I I don't I don't think Dwight Powell should be the guy holding Luca back from his true. <laughs> from his chosen destiny yeah all right guys uh i think that's a good ending point thanks for joining me on this episode it's glad to get all our frustrations out uh but at the same time i think we all remain somewhat optimistic about the future which i think is important for all Mavs fans to have i know the track record hasn't been great but uh i just have a have a good feeling i somehow have a good feeling so um keep the faith i suppose uh the the race to the bottom is always exciting as you know stupid as i feel for saying that um it's nice to have some hope of young talent i guess i might cut this part out of the episode (laughs) i also gotta say that it, it is it sucks to be in this position we should not be here right now i can't emphasize that enough but you know i'm uh I'm a guy who is always the grass is greener on the other side, so I suppose I'm finding some green grass here when most people probably just see brown grass. <laughs> I will not be telling my kids about the 2022-2023 Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, we, uh, we got to purge every single tweet from this season. <laughs> we could fumble this entire podcast from, from the word go to, to the end, but it would still be better than the Dallas Mavericks 2022-23 season. <laughs> I think that's Lost it, guys. Uh, Vinay, you got anything to add? <laughs> I know you've been trying to get a word in. I got my words in. I'm I'm chilling. I bet. Not much else to say. The season is over. It's Jover, as the kids will say. It's Jover. It's rock bottom. Whatever you want to say. Bro, just tank. Just please tank. Like, I, I ran the 2K sim one time from start to date. One time. And we got the number one pick. Okay, we're due. We are due. In the simulation odds. Like, what is the chance that we get leveraged or that we get swung down in the lottery all the time and that the one time we need it they swing us up all right you just got to lose the next seven games all of them lose them convincingly start dwight powell don't play christian actually no play christian wood 48 minutes actually yes quick question i know we've been saying we're going to conclude but thank you for reminding me about this who is the tank commander for the mavericks in the last seven games I think Christian Frank Nilakina easily. <laughs> General Nilakina. Uh, 
Frank Nilakino, <laughs> ISO, get every, space everyone out, Frank, ISO, Frank Nilakino. Frank Nilakino has been the tank commander all season, let's be honest. But no, let's put it on Christian Wood. Like, I, I do want to see... <laughs> Dude, there's no point in anymore, right? Like, what's the point? Like, the worst thing that happens is that Seawood just, like, goes on, like, a tear for a couple games, and J-Kid takes him out, which we know he loves doing. So it's just, it works. It works. Just 48 minutes a game, it's Seawood time, baby. Now, Seawood is the right tank commander uh, because... For, we've, we've already said it, but I think he's the guy. You know, it can't even be Tim Hardaway Jr. anymore because he's too good now. Like, the Mavericks need him to win. So Even Reggie Bullock lately has just been shooting lights out. I don't understand what's going on. Like, <laughs> it, all the guys that would be the tank commander otherwise are actually too good at, at just, like, shooting at low volume to, to depend on them to lose us games. Christian Wood is the perfect volume scoring nightmare <laughs> um Dude, we got a pair of five-star generals on our team right now <laughs> <laughs> Rohan had to get this Kristen wood jobs on hey man i don't i don't even hate him i think he could be great here next year it's just like people need to stop you said it best Vinay. people need to stop talking about him like he's prime chris bosh like he is not prime chris bosh bro I, th- I think that's okay. the podcast, guys. I think that is. I'll just do a quick outro. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, it's been a very difficult season, but we appreciate your support. It's not over yet, but it's pretty much over. Um, and so, yeah, just uh, keep following our tweets at Mass Film Room. Uh, if you haven't, uh, subscribe to our feeds, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, tune into our spaces whenever we do them. Um, I'm sure we'll be doing more. And it's going to be a long off season. We got a lot to talk about, and if we're good at one thing, it's talking. So appreciate you guys for listening. We'll see you very soon. If you made it to this point, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That too. <laughs>